But for my part, she is my kinswoman. I would not, as they term it, praise her. But I would somebody had heard her talk yesterday as I did. I will not dispraise your sister Cassandra's wit. Oh, Pandarus, I tell thee, Pandarus. When I do tell thee there my hopes lie drowned, reply not in how many fathoms deep they lie entrenched. I tell thee I am mad in Cressid's love. Thou answerest she is fair. Forced in the open ulcer of my heart, her eyes, her hair, her cheek, her gait, her voice, handless in thy discourse. Oh, that her hand, in whose comparison all whites are ink, writing their own reproach. To whose soft seizure the signet's down is harsh, and spirit of sense hard as the palm of ploughman. This thou tell'st me, as true thou tell'st me when I say I love her, but saying thus, instead of oil and balm, thou laced in every gash that love hath given me, the knife that made it. I speak no more than truth. Thou dost not speak so much. Faith, I'll not meddle it. Let her be as she is. If she be fair, tis the better for her. And she be not, she has the men's in her own hands. Good Pandarus! Oh, no, I have had my labour for my trap. Ill Ill thought on of her, and ill thought on of you. Gone between and between, but small thanks for my labour. What, art thou angry, Pandarus? What, with me? Because she's kin to me. Therefore she's not so fair as Helen. And she were not kin to me. She would be as fair a Friday as Helen is a Sunday, but what care I? I care not, and she were a blackamoor. It is all one to me. Say I she is not fair. I do not care whether you do or no. She's a fool to stay behind her father. Let her to the Greeks, and so I'll tell her the next time I see her. For my part, I'll meddle nor make no more of the matter. Pandarus. Not I. Sweet Pandarus. Can you speak no more to me? I will leave all as I found it, and there an end. Peace, you ungracious clamours. Peace, rude sounds, fools on both sides. Helen must needs be fair when with your blood you daily paint her thus. I cannot fight upon this argument. It is too starved a subject for my sword. But Pandarus, oh, gods, how do you plague me? I cannot come to Cressid but by Pander. And he's as tetchy to be wooed to woo as she is stubborn traced against all suit. Tell me, Apollo, for thy Daphne's love, what Cressid is, what Pander, and what we. Her bed is India, there she lies a pearl. Between our Ilium and where she resides, let it be called the wild and wandering flood, ourself the merchant, and this sailing Pander, our doubtful hope, our convoy, and our bark. Oh, no, Prince Troilus. Wherefore not a field? Because not there. This woman's answer sorts for womanish it is to be from thence. What news, Aeneas, from the field today? That Paris is returned home and hurt. By whom, Aeneas? Troilus, by Menelaus. Let Paris bleed. Tis but a scar to scorn. Paris is gored by Menelaus' horn. Hark, what good sport is out of town today. Better at home, if would I might were may. But to the sport abroad, are you bound thither? In all swift taste. Come, go we then together. Who were those went by? Queen Hecuba, 
and Helen. And whither go they? Up to the Eastern Tower, whose height commands a subject all the vale to see the battle. Hector, whose patience is as a virtue fixed today, was moved. He chid Andromache and struck his armorer. And like as there were husbandry in war, before the sun rose, he was harnessed light, and to the field goes he, where every flower did, as a prophet, weep what it foresaw in Hector's wrath. What was his cause of anger? The noise goes this. There is among the Greeks a lord of Trojan blood, nephew to Hector. They call him Adax. Good, and what of him? Well, they say he is a very man per se and stands alone. <laughs> so do all men, unless they are drunk, sick, or have no legs. This man, lady, hath robbed many beasts of their particular additions. He's as valiant as the lion, churlish as the bear, slow as the elephant. A man into whom nature hath so crowded humours that his valour is crushed into folly, his folly forced with discretion.